Nice buns, soft, fluffy, and ultra low net carbs. Discover Hero Bread, the delicious ultra low net carb bread with incredible taste and texture. Hero Bread has zero grams of sugar and is under 100 calories per serving. Plus, high in fiber with 5 to 10 grams of protein per serving. Order from Hero.co now and get 10% off your first purchase with promo code AH10. That's 10% off with code AH10. H-E-R-O dot C-O. I'm ready to roundhouse kick the fuck out of this podcast. Having a guy named Rowdy uh, direct Roadhouse is like having a guy named Boring do any Wes Anderson film. John Doe from the seminal L.A. punk band X. We are back from the baller lifestyle. It's the Baller Lifestyle Podcast. My name is Brian Beckner. This is episode 282 of the show. Thank you very much for joining us, for being for being here every week for us. We love you guys. I'm very sorry to the two podcasts that I booked myself as a guest on last week, and then I one I forgot, and then the other one, something came up, so... If those guys are listening, I'm happy to do your show. Um, if you just send me an email, I'll totally come back and do it. And the names of the two shows escape me. But if you have a podcast and you would like me to come on or you know somebody that has one that would like to have me as a guest or you have somebody that you would like to suggest as a guest for this podcast, please do so. Mailbag at theballerlifestyle.com. I'm trying to expand the brand and also just kind of intermingle with, uh, you know, learn about some different shows. So. Um, let me know. I've had some good experiences, and I would like to continue to do that. Uh, I, this week is a special episode. We're reviewing a movie. I am joined now by frequent contributor. You hear him with me every week on the Bachelor lifestyle. Of course, I'm talking about Mr. Jason Stewart. Jason, what's up? Hello, everybody. And I mean, who wouldn't want to invite you on their podcast? I mean, after that sales job of saying that you uh, forgot about doing one and then you had something come up, which is the old Brady Bunch excuse for nothing's come up. I just don't care to do your podcast. And then you throw throw out to the rest of the world. If you want me on your podcast, have me. It's like, it's like anybody want my uh, shitty used car. It doesn't run very well and you're put a lot of money into it, but it's 18,000 bucks. No, I'm great. I'm a great. I'm a great guest. I'm very animated, opinionated. I have a lot of energy, so feel free to have me on. I'm also joined this week to review a very special movie, perhaps the most requested film review to be reviewed in the history of the Baller Lifestyle Podcast. We are lucky enough to have that reporter from Michigan, Mark in Boston, on the show. Mark, what's up? Hi. How are you? I I kind of feel. I kind of feel like this is my moment. Like I've been waiting for this for a long time. I've been one of the people requesting this. So it's an honor to be a part of it. I'm ready to roundhouse kick the fuck out of this. I am. You definitely are. You're the perfect. You're the perfect guest for this. I couldn't have thought of anyone else to do it besides you. And also Jason is here. What's up, Jason? You, uh, who, who begged to do, uh, what movie more Mark, about this movie 
Um, the Cablin Asian about Revenge of the Nerds or Stevie Carbone, like anything Karate Kid. Uh, so Carbone's number one. He's Karate Kid man. Brings it up a lot every time he's on. Um, uh, Mark is not alone in the in the request to review this movie. Um, many many others have actually suggested it over and what was it? and Sean the Cablin Asian. He didn't, uh, he didn't ask to do Revenge of the Nerds. I just thought he would be, I think I'd heard him like t- joke about it before. And I was like, Oh, he's got to come on and do this. And actually I tried to get him for this show for the movie we're doing tonight, but he was too busy. Well, uh, what an impressive field between Mark Carbone and the Cabo Nation. <laughs> there are six smack off championships between them. Oh. Pretty good. Yeah, that's that's unfortunate. That's pretty good. I know. My, I I'll, I'll be honest. I know. I know that Mark calls into that show, but I've ne- I've never heard Mark on that show. I haven't heard that show since 2009, and I don't think Mark was a caller back then. So I'm sure Mark, Mark's a very funny guy. So I'm sure there's no funny callers on that show. So I'm sure Mark is the funniest <laughs> caller on that show. Um, I uh. Yeah, you know what? It's just it is what it is. I I'm one of those people like like the Cablin Asian says. You know, there are certain things that people nerd out on, and that is one of the things that I have not gotten out of my system. So yeah, you know, um, I still I still call that show. Yeah, and you do I'm not those. Of it. You do those cool tweets where you're like signed the two fat guys on a moped, like stuff like that. Look, That's hilarious. It's, I it's love when I see that, that pop up in my feed. It's been that way. That's you great. are the biggest feed snob on the planet, by the way. Like you want, <laughs> you want your feed to be like, you know, it's the fucking internet, right? I need like, it you're clean. Like, oh, yeah. Gosh, how come my my tweet, my feed of this butthole isn't perfect? You, because you interact with, and I follow you. I think you're a funny guy. Like is Matt Stafford a lead and Lloyd Carr and all yeah. that? But you're like is Lloyd uh, Carr elite? Yeah. But you're like you interact with QAnon Twitter for some reason, and so I That's get not all, true. I get all the QAnon people, and it's Let like just and it's like Mark the Nomad follows <laughs> QAnon Steve. I, and I I'm like not, I don't need I'm like this. I don't care. The most liberal, like I get in liberal fights every week right, with, with all Q- my stupid cuck like friends with QAnon like, people. It's not true. I don't follow <laughs> QAnon people. I'm not like what is Q? Okay. <laughs> Okay, well, right. it's, it's good to have you on. Guys, this is a fucking just a major, major win for the listeners that have been wanting us to review this movie. We are today talking about Roadhouse. Can I buy you guys a drink? Guess not. Patrick Swayze is Dalton. I thought you'd be bigger. Opinions vary. When he's around, anything can happen. How's a guy like you end up a bouncer? Just lucky, I guess. And usually does. If somebody gets in your face, I want you to be nice. Don't Don't be rude. Ask him to walk, but be nice. Help this gentleman to the door. Until it's time to not be nice. So says the fighting philosopher. He may be hard to handle. I keep talking, you're going to go off thinking I'm a nice guy. I know you're not a nice guy. But he's easy to like. What's the matter, Dalton? Don't you like women? The worst I ever had was wonderful. He's not what you'd expect. I thought you'd be bigger. 
<laughs> but there's one thing you can count on. He's the best friend a good time ever had. Aren't you guys tired? I'll go get all the sleep I need when I'm dead. This is my town. I'm not afraid of him. I guess you'll be having that fire sale now, all right? <laughs> you got your hands full, kid. Okay, you guys get the point. Roadhouse is the movie that we are discussing this week. The 1989 classic bar fight. Classic. 1989 Roadhouse currently sitting at 38% on Rotten Tomatoes, which is, which is a crime. This movie yeah. came out, like I said, in 1989. It's an American action film directed by someone called Rowdy Harrington. <laughs> I'm not sure what other, hold on. I'm not sure what other films he's done. I don't know. I'm I mean, not, that checks out. Yeah, it just, that just kind of checks out. I'm you not sure. Hold on. Hold on. I'm going to tell you, let me tell you the other movies that he's directed. Um, oh, he directed Repo Man. Oh, no, 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 no. He was a cameraman. He's a cameraman <laughs> on Repo Man. He directed uh, eight episodes of Silk Stockings or something. <laughs> wait, Striking Distance. Was that the one where Bruce Willis yes. is? It's like there's, there's like a broad in the movie. Oh, no, no, no. It's where he's a boat cop. Sarah Jessica Parker. Yes. Right. Yeah. We'll see. There you go. He was, he did that one. So this guy's done some movies, something called the stick up with James Spader. This guy worked. He's mostly a cameraman, but having a guy, he, having a guy named Rowdy, uh, direct roadhouse is like having a guy named boring. Do any Wes Anderson film? <laughs> pretty good. Jay. Great that's offense to good. that. I yeah, actually really like Wes Anderson films. Yeah, I know. That's the problem. Uh, so so he obviously has diehard fans because they keep giving him movies to make. Oh, they're great. All his movies are good. Uh, okay. So the, the, in case you've been under a fucking rock, in case somebody hasn't kicked you in the dick under that rock anytime <laughs> recently, Roadhouse is a 1989 American action film directed by the aforementioned Rowdy Harrington. It stars Patrick Swayze. Known as a dancer, but he's also a dancer that can kick some ass. He's a bouncer at a newly refurbished roadside bar who protects a small town in Missouri from a corrupt businessman. Uh, Sam Elliott's in there. Um, who else? The fucking super hot Kelly Lynch is there. Mm -hmm. Ben, Ben Gazzara is the bad guy. Um, you got, you guys have all seen this movie. You guys all know what's up with it. Uh, Dalton is, he's a bouncer at some bar somewhere else, Memphis or New York or now, not really made clear. But, yeah. Now let's get back, get back to Swayze a little bit. This is a uh, post dirty dancing post red dawn. Right. I mean, like I, I think it after red dawn, I think his agent, uh, put something in each of his contract where he has to have at least one slow dance in every movie he does after this. Right. Um, yeah. Does he have a slow dance in, in Die Hard? Uh, Sam Elliott slides in there and gets the slow dance in this one. Die Hard. No, he has a, he I has mean, a in uh, roadhouse. He has a slow dance pre Bill Murray sexing. Yeah. The, 
Right before he mounts her, he slow dances with her. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's right. Oh, that's right. Yeah, you're right. You're absolutely right. Um, yeah, so this is his big movie after he did Red Dawn. He did the TV miniseries North South. He did Youngblood. Then he was doing some TV shit. Oh, no. Then he did Then he did Dirty Dancing. That's where shit blew up from him. And then a couple, something called Steel Dawn, something called Tiger Warsaw, and then Roadhouse. And then after that, he was a fucking star. He went Roadhouse, Next of Kin, Ghost, Point Break. I mean, bam, bam, bam. The guy was a super, super massive star in the late 80s and early 90s. Um, this one did not disappoint. I have... I. Like, I've, of course, I've seen Roadhouse, right? I, I believe I may have seen it on its original run in the movie theater. Um, yeah, but it had been a long time since I saw it. And I was like, yeah, I mean, I, I know this movie sucks and I know it's easy to make fun of. But then I watched it Whoa, and I realized, no, yeah, this movie's fucking awesome. Like, there's this yeah. movie is one of the great, this might be a yearly Rewatch for me. Um, just quickly, just the 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 uh, particulars here. Critical response: Roadhouse. A lot of negative reviews when it came out. Variety was critical of a flat romantic attachment. Well, I, let's be honest. Hit, Kelly Kelly Lynch is not uh, exactly Meryl Streep. All right, I mean she was. <laughs> She, she, she's pretty I mean, hot. from an acting perspective, but if, if Meryl Streep had been in this, I would have been like, please don't take your clothes off. <laughs> yes. <laughs> good point. That's a good point. Um, what else? The other reviews were critical of Swayze's role as Dalton Impossible. Roger Ebert, douche of the Chicago Sun-Times, he probably hates Wes Anderson like Stu, gave the film two and a half out of four stars and commented, Roadhouse exists right on the edge between the good and bad movie or the good bad movie and the merely bad. I hesitate to recommend it because so much depends on the ironic vision of the viewer. This is not a good movie, but viewed in the right frame of mind, read stoned. It's not a boring one either. Um, like I said, 38% on Rotten Tomatoes. From the uh, critics or from the uh, viewers? What's the viewer score? Uh, it's like 70 it was, something, is it? Is it? Hold on. I, I wanted to say it was like twice the amount. Okay, let's check. Oh, oh no. Uh, 38% critics and 66 with the audience. That is certified <laughs> fresh, my friends. Yeah, I mean, that makes makes sense. There there are considerable flaws in the, uh, in the script and the execution <laughs> of the script. Considerable flaws, then we'll get into all of them. So I could see why there's a discrepancy in those two reviews. The 38% must want a clean Twitter feed. Um, I do, I do, I do like this. That when interviewed by Anthony Bourdain, I do recall this episode. Bill Murray lauded the film as unappreciated with a complex plot and respect among actors in the film industry since its release. Kelly Lynch told the AV club every time Roadhouse is on Murray or one of his idiot brothers are watching TV and they're always watching TV. One of them calls my husband and says in a reasonable approximation of Carl Spackler from Caddyshack, 
Kelly's having sex with Patrick Swayze right now. <laughs> They're it doing doesn't it. matter if it's like He's, 3 a.m. too. Like the phone this, will ring this. and They're they do- will tell him. They're doing it. He's throwing her against the rocks. We'll get to that part. <laughs> although, although the film, so uh, Kelly Lynch's husband is like a is like Bill Murray's producing partner. Um, uh, box office. The film not a major box office success. It did quite well on home video. Read cult classic, um, and of course cable TV. Over time, the movie has garnered a significant cult following totally agree it's on netflix right now that's where i watched it if you have not seen it recently go back and watch it because it is fucking amazing brilliant i think it was 80s i i think it had like this uh this effect where once he hit like superstardom with ghost and uh point break i think people started going back through his catalog and video and then they started yeah. to appreciate just how ironically bad the movie is, and then it just what? creates a momentum for you know for this cult following. I think that's what it was, right? I mean, we're going to clash was, a bit. He, he wasn't a leading man when this movie came out. He was a bit player, and then this movie comes out, and he he, he then he starts doing those other things, and I think people went back. That's why well, he, that explains the box office. I mean, he was a leading man in uh, in. Dirty Dancing, but he wasn't. Oh, that's right. He wasn't an action guy until Roadhouse. Somebody had to be like, "Look, this little guy's pretty cut up for a dancer. (laughs) Got very low body fat. We could teach him a few karate kicks. He obviously knows how to move. He can. We'll teach him a roundhouse. Hear me out. First, do another bump." How about we make this little guy an action star? We'll set it in the South. And people are like, fuck, yeah, let's do it. Um, so the, just it starts off. He's worked. There's a bar somewhere, any town, USA. Some old dude walks in. He's got a show ID. He's looking for somebody. He's looking for Dalton because he's owns a bar somewhere and it gets a rough crowd. And it was uh, it was one it was one of the two from what is it emergency nine what was the name of that right. uh, it was Rand- not Randolph Mantooth but the other guy yeah <laughs> the blonde yes it, was it emergency nine is that Roy no it's just called emergency exclamation emergency, point yeah but I watched it like every day growing up. Hold on, I got the IMDb open right here. I'm going to tell you exactly and, what the that, guy's name is. That actor is, has shown up in uh, in in projects ever since, but I'll always remember him from the guy the guy from Emergency. Emergency, yes, He's quite the character actor. He is. Wasn't he also on? Wasn't he like Jr.'s brother-in-law on Dallas? Also, am I making that up? Yeah, you are. Yeah, I am. I'm looking at. I'm looking right now. Um, murder. I mean, dude, this guy's. This guy's, uh, emer- yeah, emergency fireman Roy DeSoto, 1973, 1974. He was also on The Six Million Dollar Man, Hardy Boys. Uh, what, a ca- what a career this guy had. And he's, love, still, he's still alive, too. He, he was in Eight Men Out. Oh, yeah. Ro- Roadhouse, Fat Man and Little Boy, Murder, She Wrote. Another 48 Hours, City of Hope, 
Newsies. Better off dead. What's eating Gilbert Grape? I could go on. Yeah, I don't a, remember. A, I don't know. Yes. An impressive career of character acting. This guy is cashing residual checks on the daily. So he goes into this bar and he's like, I need a, I need the best cooler in the business. I'm going to get this guy Dalton. <laughs> and Dal- meanwhile, Dalton is in a knife fight. So he's like known, he's like, oh man, this is the guy that's going to come in and clean up my bar. And the first thing he does when this guy walks in and he, he shows ID by the way, which is great because he's like 60. Yeah. I'm drinking you know? tonight. Yeah. It's a, well, that's how, that's how you know. That's how you know that Dalton runs a clean bar because they play by the rules. Yeah, you're balding. You're 67 years old. You clearly have grandchildren. I'm going to need to see some ID. Sorry. That's that's the rules that Dalton made. The bouncer, first of all, obviously never saw emergency. And secondly, um, he lets people with knives in the bar, but he checks the ID of the 60-year-old guy. Good point. Because the first thing he sees – is Dalton throws down he's he like asks some guy to leave or something and the guy in in a totally measured response pulls out a knife and attempts to murder Dalton yeah. and asks to leave and this and, is the bar he cleaned up right yes that's this is the guy you want this is a guy known for leveling out these these rowdy bars and here's here's an example of that then Dalton does a thing that only happens in the movies. He heads back into the office and he goes ahead and starts stitching himself up. And that, and again, security so tight at the bar that he's back in, in the office, probably where the safe is. And the guy that's looking to recruit him to another bar just walks right in while he's stitching him up, which I thought was kind of, kind of wasn't the best resume, uh, for Dalton as the, as the best cooler in the business. What'd you guys think? I just, I, I got- I got the impression that was a that was a, a Stallone first blood move. I think they liked that, and they used it in this movie. Yeah, good point. Uh, so yeah, he tells him he needs the best, and and Dalton, you know, he's humble. He's like, I'm not the best. Wade Garrett's the best, and of course, the bar the bar guy has also heard of Wade Garrett. He knows all the top bouncers in the world. You bring yeah. up an interesting point, and this is pre-internet. So it's not like he right. could have done a web search. So is there some sort of bar hard ass union that like all these guys are a part of like a bard ass where you, you're like, yeah, I need to find a really tough guy. You go to your local union rep and he's like, no, you need Dalton. I mean, Wade Garrett, he's already on a job. Like you're going to have to go find Dalton. Like, yes, how the fuck the, do they find these guys? Well, it's like the, it's like the Richard gear gerbil story or Rod Stewart needing to get, um, 10 gallons of semen pumped out of his stomach. It's like one of those urban legends that just got around in pre-internet times. And, but it was the same in the bar world. Like, Hey, if you really need, there's two guys, there's only two guys that can check IDs and push people out the front door. And it's, and they're both little and they both have, they both have sweet hair. One is Wade Garrett, but he's getting kind of old. And the other guy's Dalton. You got to go get Dalton. Is there there a chance? Is is there a chance though that there could have been like a bar con where once once a year at Circus Circus, like bar like bar owners of shitty Midwest yes. bars all <laughs> around the country point. meet and they just share yeah. notes on bouncers? Yeah. 
Well, yeah, here's the I, thing. Yeah. It's all word of mouth. So you got to understand, right. like, considering the first scene of this movie where a guy pulled a knife, there's some shitty violent bar in, like, South Dakota where another man's watching another man get stabbed to death. And he's like, this fucking place needs Dalton. Yes, yes. Like, if only, if they, like. <laughs> Why can't we get Dalton? And Dalton's so in demand. He's, so the guy's like, I got this bar. It's outside Kansas City, um, which is a, which is not a, 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 which is a point that Dalton didn't really negotiate hard enough because I feel like there needs to be a near Kansas City kicker when you're doing these kind of job negotiations. But, uh, he's, Dalton's like, Dalton's like, yeah, I'll come. Like, doesn't really put up much of a fight. He gives, he, he has terms. His terms are he wants five grand up front, even in the eighties. That's not like out of control. That's not like 50 grand in today's money. That's probably like 7,500 bucks. And he wants 500 a night plus medical. And the guy's like, okay, no problem. In He's cash. Like, oh, 500 five, a night in cash, free and clear. No taxes. That's, that's good money. But then he says something at the end, which is a little strange to me. The guy agrees to his terms. And then, and then Dalton goes, and when the job's done, I walk. <laughs> He's just giving you everything you yeah. want. Yeah. What's did you, did you guys find that odd that he announced that he would, he would be leaving the job right yeah. away, even though it seems to pay pretty well. Yeah. I would, I would, if I was the guy walking in, I'd be like, yeah, I think it was assumed. This is like a kind of a short term contract, independent contract kind of yeah. thing. You don't have to like threaten to walk before you even start the job. It is a little weird. And then he's like, Hey, he's like, I got a plane ticket for you already. And a little presumptive. And, you know, obviously pre nine 11. So you don't, you know, you don't need the guy's full name and birth date. You could just walk up and buy a ticket, just show up. And here's my ticket. And, you know, obviously we get that, but Dalton's like, I don't fly too dangerous. And then, uh, Roy DeSoto paramedic, Roy DeSoto goes, well, when can I expect you? And Dalton's like, don't. Well, what a shitty employee. Like, we just, you could, you could show up like in two years. Like what if my bar burns down by then? Like I need, I kind of need you. I need like a timeline of when you're going to show up. Like I got to staff die. up. Yes, it's very confusing. Uh, but then, so, but, 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 but let's, yeah. let's kind of walk it through, um, kind of the things that you typically, you're not supposed to do, right? His, uh, his current boss walks in wondering where he is. Well, he was just fucking knifed. So he was addressing that. <laughs> That's, Hey, where are you at? And then, uh, and then he, he takes, he takes the job verbally without signing anything. So he basically just, he stated his numbers. The guy agreed to them verbally and nothing was signed. And then he just quits without anything in writing. Yes. And clearly right. that place is not, the job wasn't done because he just no. got fucking knifed. Yes. So he can't walk. The job's not done. You got he, stabbed he, tonight. He was just a victim of a stabbing. He's still bloody and stitching himself up. He did not finish that job. Uh, so then he... He gives away his, he's got a sweet Buick Skylark that he just gives to some, I wouldn't say homeless guy, but just like a dude. He pulls up in the red zone, flips him the keys, and he's like, what do you think, I'm the valet? And he's like, keep it, which is a pretty sweet move because I'm sure like somebody he knew, like 
there's probably a single mom waitress at the bar that could have used a Buick Skylark. You know, he just gives it to some rando on the street that he apparently doesn't even know. Maybe one of the other bouncers that he works with, that one of his employees, maybe he's going to school and he needs some reliable transportation, but Dalton doesn't give a fuck. He, he tosses the keys to some rando and then he hops in his sweet, uh, brand new Mercedes S class, the kind with the windshield wipers on the headlights very, very sweet. Unimpressive, um, so though. I mean, uh, think about it. it the movie it's had the movie had some editorial choice to make here, and one of them being we could put them in this uh, kind of sissy, overpriced import uh, convertible, or we can get them like a badass American muscle car. Like, wouldn't it have been a lot better if they had thrown them into a Corvette or a, <laughs> a, a Dodge Charger or something? I, I, that it's just seemed like a sissy little import card. Well, to me. I think I agree with you, but I think you want he they wanted to have it both ways because later we learn a little bit about um, Dalton's background and he's a thinking man. Like he's not philosophy he's not, major. Yeah, he's not out there like trying to show what he what a badass he is with his ride. He wants something that you know has got nice suspension on it smooth ride maybe cadillac something you know that gets you from a to b and keeps you safe and looks good um you know so then yes if that, uh, the homeless man comes home or you're know, homeless or you know impoverished i'm at the valet he pulls up and his wife's like where'd you get that fucking car so some ballerina yeah. gave it to me today <laughs> yeah that is kind of like they didn't do any paperwork you know where he's like here let me sign over the title and you know, I'm going to say gift on here because you're otherwise you're going to have to pay the sales tax on it. So I'm just going to write down gift right here. And then here's I'm going to put my driver's license number on it in case they need to call me and check or it, anything. So the, here you go. The 80s were very politically incorrect, borderline racist. I'm yeah. sure Swayze just assumed he was taking that right to the chop shop because <laughs> the, guy, the guy, guy probably knew some criminals. <laughs> Break it down. Sell it for metal. <laughs> And then, so they don't really say where he's coming from. His ride has New York plates, but he certainly didn't seem to be in a New York type of bar. Um, and so I don't, there, you know, and then there's some allusions to later to what happened in Memphis. So he's been all over the country. I don't think they really make it clear where he's coming from, but he immediately, he gets in the car. And then the next thing you know, um, he shows up at the double deuce and the double deuce, let's, it's, it's pretty poorly run. Um, there's got there's people just drinking outside of the bar, which is never a good sign. Just drinking from bottles in the parking lot, and every and, and everybody immediately wants to fight him uh, as he walks in. And the guys are getting thrown out. The uh, the bouncer throws a guy, and he's like, "Don't come back, peckerhead!" And it was just like a just very one guy's. They you walk in and Jeff Healy's playing, and they got that they got the chicken wire in front of the stage. Which you probably need for Jeff Healy because he can't really dodge the, he can't really dodge <laughs> any of the bottles yeah. coming at Not him. A lot so of it's, fast twitch. Yeah, that's movement. that's that's kind of like um, just just general like ADA compliance you would need there. So the double deuce is up on some shit. Um, but there there is one thing that's happening there that you could tell the place is being run badly. There people are dancing in front of the stage, and one dude just has no shirt on. 
He's just dancing <laughs> shirtless in a bar is very, very off putting. And all the, um, all the, all the bouncers are trying to fuck everybody that's working. Uh, you, one bouncer's like, or it might have been a bartender who's like, I get off, I get off about, um, I get off in about an hour. I'd love to get you off about a half hour after that, which I would like to just get a show of hands for whom that line has not worked for. Yeah. Because I feel like that's just you, you drop that zinger on a broad at a bar and, um, you know, you're 90 minutes from, from go time. Yeah. Um, one thing that I noticed. Now, is this the, the scene right at the beginning where the guy's like, Hey, you want to feel these for money? Is that, am I, are we at the same that, spot? Yes. Yeah. That's, a, that's about to happen. Um, the, one thing I noticed is the bartender, John Doe from the seminal LA punk band X plays a pivotal role as Pat, the bartender, which I appreciated. <clears throat> yeah. There's, um, they want to get nipple to nipple. Uh, what else is going on? Oh yeah. So he's, he's standing there at the corner like he does and he's having a coffee and what the waitress goes to him. You got a name and he's like, Yeah. And she's and he that it's real dickish when you do that. When someone they obviously <laughs> want to know your name, and he just goes, Yeah, I got a name. Like everyone has a name, dickhead. And then she goes, What is it? And he goes, Dalton. And her fucking eyes like triple in size. She is immediately starstruck. It's it's like uh Brad Pitt has just entered the bar or something. It's like Dalton is such a famous bouncer cooler that she absolutely cannot believe that he is in the bar where she um, works. And then, yeah. Redford walking in, like he's the Robert Redford of the scumbag circuit. Like if you work in a shitty bar and someone says Dalton, you're like, holy shit, man. Yeah. It's kind of a theme with, uh, with these eighties movies that, the 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 uh, and maybe it was a lot of the cocaine in the creative process, but like every single movie subject, like tries to sell the audience on that subject being known by everybody. Like, remember in the Karate Kid where um, they're at the uh, the golf and stuff, and he's like, uh, he tells his girlfriend, like, you know, you probably heard about the karate tournament this weekend, and then she looks at him and says, <laughs> "Who hasn't?" <laughs> Who hasn't heard about a Valley karate tournament? Who, I mean, who, who doesn't know that? It's just this overly presumptive thing that, that everybody knows about the subject of the movie. Yeah, it is crazy. And then, yeah, as you alluded to, there's a, there's a very weird scene where guys like, um, he's like checking out this girl and the, the girl's boyfriend's like, do you want hey, do you want to kiss her titties? He's like 20 <laughs> bucks, which is like, basically like prostitution but almost kind of grosser and he's and the guy's like sure and then he like gets she gets the titties out which i can appreciate and then the um the guy that that's trying to kiss the titties for 20 bucks he like starts squeezing them and for some reason the boyfriend takes offense to that he's like wait what the fuck what are you doing man and then the guy's like i don't have 20 bucks anyway You just say, like, I have to jump in here. This movie was on VHS at a very important time in my life. 
Oh, totally agree. For you know, like certain certain scenes were impactful in my youth and 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 it. and it doesn't it has kind of like an unfiltered eighties nudity feel to it. Like like Love movies it. made nowadays Never. are a little bit are a little bit more well, I guess me too has has ruined any kind of non filter, but like movies nowadays have a little bit more respect about their nudity. This one is just like out and out, Love touch it. her tits, feel her tits, everything it was there wasn't a whole lot of thought into the nudity here. Uh yeah. Totally agree. So Dalton sees that he's got his work cut out for him. He immediately goes to a car lot and the car lot is in like Pico Rivera. Like this is not, this is clearly not, he's supposed to be outside Kansas city. I see this car lot and I'm like, Oh no, that's fucking El Monte. Like this is not, that's Los Angeles right there. Come on. Like who are you trying to kid? But he goes and he buys another Buick Regal from this car lot because he's got his whole thing is he drives beaters because he makes so many enemies asking people to leave bars that they always fuck up his car. Smart. Which I'd be like, just take a cab to work, dude. You make 500 bucks a night cash clear of taxes. You could (laughs) afford a taxi. And by the way, the parking lot that you just mentioned that was obviously a Southern California parking lot. I, I I think they got lazy with this one. If you look at the first parking lot of the first shitty bar in some other city, it's almost identical. They they just kind of change out the front of the bars, and uh, he, I think they I think they did the exact same one to save some cash. Very very good point. I didn't notice that. I'll have to go back and look. Uh, and then so Dalton's got to find a place to live, so he heads over to some old man's farm, where he's going to rent a room, and it's like. <sighs> Kind of in the barn, but it's also kind of like got a modern loft feel. And it's like probably like 1,800 square feet and there's hardwood floors and like big giant um, picture windows that open and a fireplace. And But it, we're supposed to understand it's a real piece of shit. And I mean, I guess there are horses like down below him, but he can he can pull his bends into the barn. Like it's a real sweet setup. And then the um, old man's like, uh, you know, you think it's worth a uh, hundred bucks a month? And I, and I was like, I mean, I don't know, 80s dollars, but that that seems way too low. Like he's making 500 a night. I know it's supposed to be Missouri. Oh, and also it's right next. It's got a beautiful view of a river and the house across the river is a 10,000 square foot mansion. So I just feel like 10, a hundred bucks a night or a hundred bucks a month just doesn't seem like enough. Um, Take 75, you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah, he doesn't, he doesn't negotiate. Uh, I don't know. It's it was I've, an odd. I've, I've looked at uh, I've looked at apartments here in Los Angeles that you know renters in Los Angeles get raked over the coals, but each each uh, apartment manager wants to make sure that you that your income to rent ratio is like one third. Like you, yeah. if you're spending one third of your income on rent, then that's acceptable in this town. And sadly, it's like an acceptable thing. Now, one hundred dollars a month. Compared to five hundred bucks a night, yeah, this guy is yeah. getting away with murder. Right? Yeah, he could, and it was a nice place. Like he was getting, he was getting a sweet deal. Um. So then, and and he starts working. He heads to the bar, and he immediately he has like a work meeting 
you know, so like the bar's not open and all the employees are there. Or no, wait, does he work one night and then he has the meeting? He does, right? He goes there and works. I think that's or, the first night when he watches them all and right. then they, they have like the bar rescue meeting afterwards. Yeah, where yeah. He just he, completely goes in and tries to scare the shit out of them. Yeah. So he's like, uh, Morgan, you're, you're fired. You got, you don't have the temperament for this. And he's like, goes through. And then he eventually, I don't know if he fires, uh, John Doe from Seminole LA punk band X then, or he, it, he watches him stealing the next night and then catches fires. him skimming. Yeah. Uh, he's skimming. He knows how many shots he's stealing. Yeah. I want to believe that he gets rid of the bartender after he fires he other people. Yeah. 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 Because he, he sees someone pushing drugs, like using the bar to pass drugs. Right. And he's like, yeah, you can't have that shit in here. You got to get it out of here. Right. right. Yeah. And, and, so and, he, and he also he also uh, fired the guy that was screwing the chick in the back, too. Yeah. No, he, he makes it through the first meeting and he goes does, through one night of work and gets caught with his pants. Uh, okay. There you Again, go. that was a sweet 80s um, and sweet 80s titty scene. Although this movie has kind of a lot more man ass than you would expect the uh the other bartender is slamming some floozy like in the dry storage area and um dalton just walks in he's like all right steve you're out of here you can't be fucking at work and then he like he's nude and he like pulls up his underwear and he's rocking like the chippendale style like uh i don't even know what you like like um budgie smuggling like uh uh i don't even know what those are like g-string men's underwear which i thought was a little weird for uh 1980s missouri yeah by the way by the way (laughs) this is a an interesting fact to me and maybe my sister but it's interesting so i'm gonna say it shout out to gary that actor who played that guy gary is my sister's next door neighbor in Santa Monica. He's, he's, beca- he's, he's become an acting coach. He's got a, an IMDb list of B movies, but he's a great guy. His name's Gary, and he was in that movie. The guy boning in the closet? Yeah, yeah. The one that says, I'm going to make you my every Saturday night thing? <laughs> That's it. That's it. <laughs> what a line. I wonder what kind of, because this movie's on all the time. I imagine Gary gets like, uh, you know, yeah. 30, 30 bucks a year. Good guy too. Good guy too. And also was the, um, was the first, I feel like the first bouncer that he fires, that's like the head bouncer that doesn't have the stomach for it. I feel like he's like a, some type of pro wrestler or something. I feel like I'd seen him before somewhere else. Yeah, the, guy was, with the, the guy with the bad eighties perm. Yeah, with the curly hair yeah. and the and the goatee, yeah. like he was he was way too yoked to just not be some type of bodybuilder. The, the guy who threatens to to uh, kill him after he's fired, like yeah. watch watch your back. You're, you're probably going to get murdered by me because you yeah. let me go. Now Jason. he he now he he does yeah. give the um, the employees that he keeps around. He gives them. Uh, the rules, right? The three simple rules of, yeah, of, of clean uh, bouncering, right? Yeah. yeah. First, never underestimate your opponent. So that's an original one. You've never heard that one before. Yep. Second, take it outside. And three, yep. 
be nice. Be nice. And even if there's a little hostility there, be nice. Uh, and- yeah, that was that was a good good set of rules. Like, right? You can't. Oh, this get. Listen, uh, Jason, I, I, Jason, your sister's your sister's neighbor, Gary Hudson, as Steve in Roadhouse. Yeah, still working quite a bit. He's got one, two, three, four jobs in pre-production right now. He was all, in something all, all B movies, right? Yeah, he was in something called Extracurricular Activities this year. That sounds like a Silk Stockings type of thing. He was in Redemption, Red Redemption Two, the video game. Oh, he was on. He was on works. suits. I, I saw him in a, an infomercial recently. He's 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 working. He's like Result- the Travago guy's dad. He looks like I'm looking at his picture. He looks pretty good. Yeah, he looks healthy. Re- but he Result- also has the best lines in this movie. Like great. that same rule speech. He goes, "What if someone says my mom is a whore?" And he goes, "Is she?" <laughs> Yeah, like, that's pretty good. That's he's pretty got good. two amazing lines. Yeah, that's pretty good. That's pretty good. In a very quotable movie. Yeah, shout out to Gary Hudson. Uh, yeah, what else? So then, so then they start. He's like gets his crew, and then so the rest of the bartenders are like, or um, the rest of the bouncers are like young kids, and they're like awed by Dalton and his methods. You know, like they want to, they want to work for him. And then the first night he's working. Somebody attempts to fucking switchblade him to death. Like he's, he immediately, he immediately nearly gets murdered. Um, this is a fucking knife magnet. Yeah. Everyone's, everyone's trying to kill him. He's no, but that, that's stabbed. the thing. It's like, that's the second, that's the second, uh, knife hand where we've had in the movie. And then the movie's 15 minutes old. We see we see a knife come out almost every fight. Like There's this, a lot of knife whatever here. this Jasper, Missouri place is, or whatever. Yeah. Everyone is armed. Yeah, with a knife. Yeah, yeah the knife, knife boot too. Right boot. <laughs> um. So, I, I, I do want to yeah. point out that at at the time that he he does um that he does tell the bartender to go. You know, he I guess uh, Dalton is such a genius that he was able to count in his head how much he was skimming per hour and the yeah. guy tells the owner that it's about 150 bucks a month that this guy's skimming yeah and any 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 and the owner looks at him and says what do you have to say for yourself and the uh and the guy that did the skimmings has the great comeback of so yeah yes <laughs> well we later learn out why he seems John Doe from Seminal LA punk band X seems um, he's very entitled. And later we find out why, because he's the nephew of the heavy in the movie. And by heavy, I mean the bad guy because he's about, I don't know, five, three and a half and 59 years old. He is, we, we find out about him. He lives across the river from Dalton (laughs) in the mansion and he's out for a drive in his Mustang 5.0 convertible, and this guy does not pay attention to the rules of the road. For some reason, he's driving down the road singing a song, and he's weaving across both lanes of traffic like no one's out there, nearly runs Dalton off the road. And that's our first introduction to the a bad guy. And I think we need to talk about this guy, but this because the bad guy's name in this movie is Brad. <laughs> like, is that is that 
Brad Wesley. Like, <laughs> real intimidating villain name. And by the yeah. way, yeah. by the way, you mentioned the Mustang. I have in my notes here. They, why would they not have given the tiny Euro with the name of Brad the right. convertible import and given Swayze the Mustang? <laughs> it's a good point because he's he's supposedly super rich he's like i brought jc penny to this yeah. town i brought 7-eleven like yeah. he's they're coming then, here because of me yeah and this is this is where we need to like maybe diverge from the the linear aspect of the story because this is this this is a tough one for me to get he's the fucking richest guy in the town and he's making big deals with big corporations like he is a swinging dick, things are happening. But we learn that he's also like shaking down the local townspeople for 10%, the local merchants for 10% of their profits. And if the, he doesn't get his money, he has his thugs go bust up the store. Like, what is what is the the business plan for this guy Brad Wesley? Did that strike you guys as odd? Well, he's got a I dual find that very odd. He's yeah. got a dual revenue stream. He's he's bringing in uh, corporate money and he is skimming off the local businesses. But you're right. the 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 business plan does go awry when you choose to destroy the business that isn't giving you your monthly yes. rate. Yeah. You go, you're going from 10% to 0% because yeah. you're fucking burning the place down. That doesn't make any sense. Well, he owns this town, you know, that's like, Hey, I, I own this, and this movie. When you think if you, if you just get like a bird's eye view of it, it's, it's a, a modern day, really shitty Western on Coke. Yes, and that's, that's it. Like they that's couldn't decide if this guy is going to be like a really successful businessman or just like the corrupt sheriff. And they just like, just fucking do all of it and give him a polar bear. And uh, that is, yes. By the way, Jason. by the way, speaking of, and I know they had that, they had that line in passing about the sheriff being, being bought off. Um, there are zero cops in this movie until Flawless. the very final scene. Zero, zero cops were ever thought to be called. Even the new people, not even, uh, not even aware of some of the, uh, you know, the local politics. Not one cop was seen in this entire movie of violence, homicide attempts, knife Legit fights. Homicide. Yeah, not one cop was ever called. Uh, yeah, at one point, Red's um, auto shop gets exploded, and the red's buddy who's like another businessman in the town we learn he owns the car dealership he's like he's like hey he's like i could call my buddy that works for the fbi and red's like well you gonna testify and then everyone just like shuts up and then it's like that's it that's like the end of right like yeah he knows somebody that he, works for the fbi that could come in you just got you just got the feeling that at some point um the in in the producer's room, it was all right. Here's the budget for the cops and the cop cars and the sirens. <laughs> here's the budget for that, and then, or we could just throw two lines of dialogue in and get rid of all of it. Well, yeah, because because then someone else comes in and goes, "Well, hold on, because I just got a price for Swayze's jojoba oil. He's 
all the the coconut oil we're gonna need to keep him buttered and glistening throughout this movie. I mean, it's it's gonna it's twice as much as we originally expected. We yeah, didn't realize yeah. he was gonna, he was gonna go through that much coconut oil. Sorry, and that's Aquanet. our cop budget right there. Yes, in the hair. Yes, between <laughs> between him and Sam Elliott, the hair. Um, so Elliot's shit starts too. Jeez. Oh yeah. So um, shit starts going down. John Doe from Seminal LA punk band X. He wants his job back, and it's not like the owner Roy DeSoto from Emergency is like kind of being a pussy about it. Like they're all there, like kind of in the office, and they're like, "Look, Dalton, you little bitch. Like this guy's coming back to work here. His uncle's Brad Wesley, and there's not shit you can do about it." And then, um. Dalton's like, oh yeah, fuck that. And then he kicks the shit out of everybody. And you're like, oh, sweet. See, I like that Dalton's, Dalton's whole thing is like, be nice, like calm the situation down and take it outside. And then at the first sign of any trouble, he just beats the living shit out of anybody right directly in the middle of the bar and is not nice at all. It's kind of like this. It's, you know, consistency and the script writing. If you're going to have the three rules, at least put in place an early scene where take it outside and be nice works. They never yes, even they never even time. executed that. It yeah. went right from the three rules to all right, he's not doing what you're saying, so kick his ass. Yeah, yeah, they they do it like when he goes and he gets cut that night and he meets Kelly Lynch for the first time, and she's this respectable doctor, but then shows up like later, basically wearing <laughs> like a. What would you call that? Like a table dressing, like pattern oh, it's dress. It's great. And yeah, her hair is just completely full plume. Like it's she's, great. she's peacocking it. He so drags great. a dude outside to beat his ass. And that's like, to me, the turning point in the film, like, you know what? We're beating these guys up in the moonlight. We're starting to turn this place around. <laughs> she watches it. We've gotten him outside. Yeah. So he, um, John Doe tr- attempts to murder him in that, in that fight. And he gets, he gets cut up because I think he like, comes at him with like a machete or something. And he, at this one, he apparently can't stitch up himself. It's on his ribs. So he has to go to the local hospital where Kelly Lynch, who's like, I don't know if she was a model, but she was a fucking yes. super babe. She was, she was a model and an actress. And she was, to me, she reminds me of like Rebecca DeMornay of the eighties. Like not my type at all, but Way everyone just thought Rebecca she DeMornay. was hot. And she's way hotter than Red. Like rail thin. Yeah. yeah. She's uh, skinny. But she's in drugstore cowboy. Oh yeah. Great movie. Great oh, movie. Yeah. But but uh, but, but, Jason but I think she was like, like Gus Van Sant movies. She was the bitchy woman in cocktail too, right? There was Elizabeth yeah. Shue yeah. and then there was her. Yes. But um but this is the one this is the one time where someone does something rational in this movie when it comes to violence. Like I said, nobody ever thinks to call the cops. And then no one ever thinks to go to the hospital either until this one scene where he goes to the hospital. Because later on, and this is jumping way ahead, his best friend is almost, I mean, crippled. He's beaten to death. And he's going to the hospital to see his girlfriend, and he tells his buddy to just to lay down on the bar and have a beer. Like, there's there's oh, rarely any, any rational thinking in this yeah. movie, but this is the one time where he goes to the doctor that's a good and they point. had that's to do point. it so they could meet, meet the woman they call doc. And, and there's a lot of problematic stuff that happens in the doctor. So he goes in and he's getting stitches and 
she's like, oh, um, you're, you know, this is brings um, his own medical history. He's like, here's he, my folder. Yeah, yeah. She's like, she's like, um, I see you've been shot twice, stabbed thirty-seven times. <laughs> five screws, eight broken bones. This guy won't tell you when he's showing up to a job. He stitches himself up most of the time. But then when he goes to the hospital, the one time he goes to the hospital, he brings his entire life's medical history. And oh, by the way, his college transcript. Because she, at one point she goes, <laughs> yeah. she goes, I see in the records you have a degree from NYU. What? <laughs> like, where? Did, why did that I, need to be there? The, the strangest way. I mean, I know you have to get information about characters through dialogue, but that just didn't make any sense. It was just like None. shoehorned into dialogue that, that made no sense. So, um, I will have to say this before we get to uh, to their first date, which which is fine. Um, they have to go back to the villain's house to show what an asshole he is. And there, there has to be the requisite eight shitty ass eighties music, um, yes. and someone and a, a busty blonde doing aerobics to crappy eighties music. Yeah. And at that point, Brad Wesley, after you know Swayze uh, wins the battle with his uh, with his, I guess nephew bartender, he offers to buy him off. He says, "Come yes. work for me." And yes. what does uh what does Swayze say? He says no. He I, says, will I would never ne- I, would I never will work for never you. do that. Yeah. You're ju- that hasn't happened yet though. You're ju- you've jumped ahead a little bit. Um he's No, it hasn't it? No, it hasn't. He, oh, okay. uh, so that's so, the next scene then. <laughs> yeah. So uh Ke- one one thing that I want to point out is Kelly Lynch goes, "Oh, the file says you have a degree in philosophy, <laughs> which is re- obviously ridiculous, right?" And then he, she goes, what kind of philosophy? And then he proceeds in the next sentence to demonstrate that he has zero knowledge of any kind of philosophy. He goes, uh, I don't know, uh, man's struggle to understand, uh, faith or something. And it's like, that's not, that's not like a, he can't name like a branch of philosophy. Like, it's I'm actually a, theology. I'm a, yeah, I'm, I'm a Nietzsche guy. I'm a, like, like who's Descartes? Like he doesn't have a single. It doesn't doesn't know anything about philosophy, which might be why he's a bouncer. Uh, but then, how do you go from the Tisch School of the Arts at NYU yes. to bumfuck Missouri with uh, your like own medical history and you, like pain don't hurt? Like that's your <laughs> philosophy degree, bud. <laughs> that's the other thing. She goes. She goes. Uh, she's gonna do the stitches, and I don't know if there's like no because. When you get you get a wound stitched up, they give you a little shot of like lidocaine, novocaine in there, and it it numbs it, and it's a local anesthetic, and then you don't feel anything. But apparently, she's like stitching him up without any anesthetic, and he, and she's like, "This is gonna hurt," and he goes, "Pain don't hurt." Well, that's a fucking contradiction because pain d- does hurt. Like pain is that's what pain is. It's painful. It hurts. It doesn't make any sense. Yes. Yeah, the, 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 the correct line is I don't feel pain. Or yeah, I have, I ha- I have a high pain tolerance. Right. Exactly. Um, so then he then he's like, she's obviously like kind of into him. She's banging. Yeah, she's got her um bangs like sprayed up in a in a full um wall, like people did in the 80s. 
but she looks pretty good. She's way too hot to be a doctor. And he's like, hey, you're pretty into me. Why don't you swing by the bar I work at where people get murdered and their tits grabbed and groped every single night? <laughs> that's what that's what I was thinking. Like the uh, the the moniker for the uh, or the mantra, whatever you want to go for with the devil yeah. deuce is should be where people go to be abused. Yeah, it's the most dangerous place in the whole town. And also, she's from there, so she should be like, oh no, she's like. Just meet me like a before you know you go to work for the night at a diner or something. Yeah. Like I'm not going there, but she does show up there. Um, one thing, one of the bad guys drives a monster truck. Monster truck, yeah, Bigfoot. He drives Bigfoot. He drives Bigfoot. Yeah. Bigfoot is like a character in the movie. Not street legal. Not safe. You can't yeah. see around the tires. There's not. Yeah. You need a spotter to drive a vehicle like, like that. Nothing, nothing practical about that. But he just kind of drives it around. This this small town outside of Kansas City, Missouri, that has like one car dealership, one bar, and like a tent hospital, apparently has like a boarding school for henchmen. Because this guy's got a like he's got like forty dudes at all times. It's kind of weird. And so they have to they have to go to Brad Wesley's house, and they're like they're in trouble for not fucking up Dalton good enough when they were supposed to, and. Brad Wesley's not happy. So, and Brad Wesley is not an intimidating dude. Like he alludes to the fact that he was in Korea or something. We get it. Like you're, you're an asshole, but the dude is very small and does not look tough at all. And he proceeds to kick the shit out of his own employee, which doesn't seem like the best way to engender the support and and raise the morale of your guys that are losing every fight to Dalton already like they did they did try to kick his ass as they were instructed and you know the 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 remedy for that isn't then kicking their ass again like it just didn't seem like this guy was the best manager um they didn't quit though i mean the big goofy guy gets his ass kicked he just like yeah, yeah I'm going to stick around. This is like still the best paying job in this yes, town. The only job in the town. By, by um, the way, the, the big goofy blonde, he sounds like, and he looks like uh wild bill from silence of the lambs, whatever that actor's name is. I could have sworn it was him and it's not, it's, but he yeah. sounds exactly like the dude. Michael Ryder played O'Connor. Oh, he, this guy went to Juilliard. Can you believe that? He went to Juilliard and his big thing was being on Roadhouse. He was also on Remington Steel, Cagney and Lacey, some of the Star Treks. Uh, that's about it. So Castle and McCormick. Yeah. By the way, so uh, Swayze invites her to go to the bar or whatever. And before she shows up in her, uh, her, little, uh, her little dress... The uh, busty blonde that I referred to before, I'm, I forget what her uh, actress name is. She, um, Denise. She, she's been giving Swayze the fuck me eyes all movie, yeah. right? She's yeah. also uh, the villain's, I guess, uh, house girlfriend. She walks up to him with a smooth line and says, uh, would it shock you if I said, let's go to my place and fuck? Yeah, it was a good line. It was a good line. And Dalton was not happy because I would be tempted, you know, like for the eighties, she was pretty good. Like oh, the yeah. hair was, the hair was a lot to deal with, but the body was on fire. Um, it was a weird, weird, uh, uh, sequence, but Dalton's not into it. And then like one of the, 
Because I thought she was one of the henchmen's girlfriend. Because doesn't one of the henchmen get real pissed off and like try to fight or like take her out of the bar? And then yeah, I think the main one, like the the you know fuck guys in prison. I don't want to bury that. Yeah, either. yeah, yeah. I, that, I, that I think I think the main guy gets her whenever he wants, and then the other guys just pass her around. There's like Good a point. there's Denise. a totem pole each night of who gets to have her. But also when they when they go to Wesley's house and Dalton turns down the money, she's doing aggressive aerobics, but then catches Dalton's eye and like covers up her black eye. Like, oh no, don't look right. at me. She caught a beating for tr- for offering to fuck Dalton the yeah. night before, was w- which is what we're supposed to take away. Um, and in between that, when she's um, the same night that she's telling Patrick Swayze she wants to fuck him, that's when Boot Knife Guy comes in. And <laughs> the Boot whole crew, again, like they're not like frisking. There's no metal detectors. You could bring really any kind of weapon that you want. And uh, he's got the boot knife, and um, of course, Dalton- isn't that isn't that what's funny about this movie is that um, on any given night at the bar, people are um, are willing to commit murder. They're willing oh, yeah. to, at, at the very at the very most um, a manslaughter. You know, manslaughter like Thunderdome. And, like, and, I'm gonna drink some beer and kill. And then yeah. the stupid side story: how back in Memphis. Swayze may have murdered somebody, but it sounded like self-defense and he was really, he had a guilty conscience about it. That was one guy, but on any given night, there could be 50 <laughs> murders in each bar. Like yeah, in, one, in one, one respect, the, the, the respect for life, uh, there is none, but all of a sudden we're supposed to give a shit about this one incident in Memphis where he may have murdered some guy. Yes. Uh, yes the, totally. One of the most endearing things about Roadhouse in general is the complete batshit ways in which they progress the plot. Like you find out from the blind guitar player that the, the doctor dated Brad Wesley and that ends <laughs> up being like the catalyst for all the crazy shit. It's like, Oh, Hey man, what's going on? You know, what's going, what's new with you? You know, and you're in your band, blind man, and he's like, "Hey, watch <laughs> yeah. out, watch out." Yeah, she used to date Brad Wesley. You're gonna get fucking murdered. Yeah, Cody. And do you think they did that? Do you think they had Jeff Healy there in the band because they play a lot of cover songs, but they don't have to pay the royalties because it's not the actual artist song that they're playing. So they're playing like Cream and Van Morrison, and they're like playing all the hits, but it's not. They don't actually play. Have to pay the royalties for the actual songs. I thought that was kind of smart. Again, more money for coconut oil. Right. So, but so Swayze and his, uh, his new, uh, gang of bouncers, uh, they end up winning the fight with the, uh, the boot knife guy and his, his people. And somehow he's in good enough shape to, uh, to go to a post night at the bar date. With Kelly Lynch, right? They go to this diner yep. place or whatever. They kiss, and then then a very curious thing happens. Um, he says, "I need I need to get you home." And the very next scene is her taking him back to the bar. <laughs> right? She's she, she, She's she has she has she has a brand new red Jeep. She pulls up to his car, and for the second time in the movie, or third time. The uh, all of the tires are blown out, and there's a stop sign through the window. It's basically undrivable or unfixable. Yep. And he looks at it, and he says, "Just another night at work." She's like, "Really? Yeah, that's 
This happens to you every night, huh? Well, see ya. She doesn't even <laughs> offer to like stick yeah. around until it's fixed. She doesn't offer to take him home. Yeah. He just gets out of the car and she leaves. No, like, she he go she goes, <laughs> You live you live some kind of life, Dalton. And he goes, Too ugly for you. And she goes, I didn't say that. And then he takes off his seatbelt because he'll he fucking will won't go to the doctor when he's got um his organs leaking out of his sides. He'll stitch it up himself. But he likes to keep that seatbelt on just to be safe. Uh, he takes off the seatbelt and starts making out with her. Another thing that I noticed, like this Dalton, he's very into health. He's drinking coffee at the bar. Um, he's doing Tai Chi. He's oiled up doing Tai Chi outside every day. He's very chill, just sits out and watches the sunset and stuff. But also he's burning heaters like every other scene. Like oh, they're yes. out at the, they're out at the diner. He's smoking cigs. And I can, I'm just wondering if there's any correlation between all the cigs he smokes in this movie and his diagnosis of terminal pancreatic cancer at 51 years old. Uh, too I, soon. I, 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 could, I, I just couldn't. I just happened to notice that the guy smokes a lot. That's all. By the way, I, I never buy him as a smoker in this movie. He, not he's, not, he's not very good at it. And he smokes at, the, at, at random times, but he's, he, he doesn't strike me as a smoker. He looks like an actor who doesn't smoke, who, who's told, you got to smoke in this movie. He smokes a lot in this movie, and I believe he was a heavy smoker in real life as well. Um, so <laughs> <laughs> he – uh, eventually, um, he has that meeting with Brad Wesley where he's, Denise has been beaten and, uh, she's doing aerobics again, huge 10,000 square foot house. And she's doing aerobics like in the foyer directly in front of the fr- front door, in, like in front of a go, ghetto blaster. Yeah. yeah. Go out by the yeah. pool or by, <laughs> by like one in one of the 17 bedrooms and do your, uh, do no, your that's the term aerobics. I've heard in a long time. It's right, ghetto, it's, blaster, it's ghetto blaster. Yeah. We, it's, no, we call it a boom box now. No, it's it's very politically correct. I called think, a ghetto I blaster. That, I think that term's a little passe we'll, anymore. We'll edit that out in post. <laughs> we will not. Um, so Dalton uh, allows that he can't be bought, which is weird because that's how he came to this town in the first place. Five he was grand, bought. I walk on my job. <laughs> yeah, he, was, he was bought away. From... I don't have a price. Yeah, he Actually, but he do. does. It's, it's exactly it's, what you do. It's five hundred bucks a night and medical. Five hundred bucks a day. Um, but the, but Brad is squeezing the bar from the other end. He's, he apparently controls all the beer and alcohol distribution in the town, which again, it's very lucrative business. Not sure why he's got to squeeze the auto parts store for 10% of their revenue or else burn them down. But he does, um, he, Kelly Lynch's uncle or father or something like that. Like they're related in some way. Yeah, yes, father. uncle. Yeah, father. Oh, uncle. Um, eventually, Dalton takes Kelly Lynch back to his place and wears it out. But a couple things I notice. First of all, he throws on some music on the transistor radio in his in his place, and then he um, they immediately get into it. Dalton, kind of surprised, not a foreplay guy. Yes. <laughs> not not really into her pleasure at all she goes right she goes right for his dick so they show her undoing his belt right away he goes he like does the lift the dress up thing and then starts um doing the uh, the stand up face to face bang <laughs> against a wall but it's not a wall it's a stone 
fireplace that her back is against she she had to go back to her own hospital and get her wounds tended to after that right uh, uh, patrick swayze is totally nailing kelly right now (laughs) (laughs) it it, Uh, it was true right it was uncomfortable to watch her head smash up against the rocks like was not movies typically overdo the violent kissing and they'd smash up against the wall there's usually in, in 80 in all 80s movies there's usually food involved i hate when food is involved when you're, yeah, you're too, rubbing rubbing too. food on each other or or whether strawberries you're, you're, and whipped whether you're cream. clearing off the table full Disgusting. of food i think it's wasteful Disgusting. but anyways no food involved but obviously in 1988 when they made this movie um the AIDS awareness had not had not quite hit the mainstream. <laughs> he, doesn't, he doesn't wrap up. Doesn't they wrap just up. have they just have raw, unprotected sex for the first Aggressive. time. Aggressive. Oh yeah. Uh, and then so they they bang it out, and then Kelly Lynch wakes up and she's in Dalton's bed and she's showing some titty. She looks pretty good. And uh she's like, Where's Dalton? And she looks out and he's outside the big picture window. Like sitting on the smoking, roof, smoking, butt ass naked, completely nude outside, staring directly at Brad Wesley's house, and then <laughs> and then and then Kelly Lynch comes out and she's like, "What's wrong?" And they start making out again, and then he's laying on the corrugated steel roof, very uncomfortable. She mounts and just starts going to for some open outdoor sex. While Brad Wesley's across the river, probably jerking it to his ex girlfriend getting back. He is. He's totally drinking and watching. Like, yeah, he he's way in. Swayze into it. went out there and he fucking alphaed Brad Wesley. He knew big what he time. was doing. <laughs> big time, big time. He put it on him for sure. And this um, was yeah. when this was when an, an already ridiculous, uh, irrational movie becomes even more ridiculous <sighs> and irrational. That yeah, that obviously, dream. yeah. That that cucking um, was was the start of the rest of the movie just being crazy and um, unrealistic. No shit goes nuts after Sideways. this. Apparently, yeah, apparently. So um, Cody Jeff Healy lets Dalton know that he's he's slamming um, Brad Wesley's ex, and if I'm Dalton, I'm like. You know how you got that thing where it's like, oh, your ex-boyfriend is like, um, you know, the rock or something where it's like, well, I can't like I can't really uh, I can't really judge you for that. But this she was fucking this weasel, this old man, like asshole (laughs) that lives across the river. Like, I'd be kind of like, you know what? Maybe we're not matched for each other, but he's cool with it. Then uh, finally, Dalton's boy Wade Garrett shows up. Dalton's out back of the bar and this is a, this is a weird scene again. Dalton's out back of the bar and he's announced several times that he's never lost a fight. He's never been down. He's never, um, he says something about the guy who's, um, ready for the fight is always, um, is always more prepared than the guy who's looking for the fight or I don't know. He's got all these things about how he's never had his ass kicked and he's out there supervising the, um, the beer delivery alone when Brad Wesley's henchmen show up and they start beating the living fuck out of Dalton. Like he gets a couple of them. One guy's just smashing cases of beer while the other two, uh, 
have him by the arms and one guy's just punching him in the stomach. And then Sam Elliott walks outside his buddy and is like not really in a hurry to bail out uh, Dalton from getting his ribs broken. He yeah. takes about like seven more shots to the solar plexus while Sam Elliott's like, how you doing me? Ho <laughs> Like you want to fucking jump in here, Haas? Yeah, I mean, it's uh, a little slow, but eventually Sam Elliott and Dalton kick the shit out of all the guys, and Dalton is immediately fine. He's like, "Oh man, that was a, can't believe that happened." I mean, he was he would have been in the he was after he was that. going yeah he would have been murdered. Yeah, that yes. there, speed bagged. If it wasn't yes. for his buddy just happening to come by that night, the guy lost the fight. That was it. Totally, yeah, that was it. it for a guy that's Roll never crash. lost a yeah for a guy that's never lost a fight, he was badly losing a fight um and then they all they all hang out together wade seems like he's really he's either trying to sancho his buddy dalton with kelly lynch he's got he's dancing with her he's grabbing her ass or he's looking he's like hey remember how we did it in memphis how about we get a little spit roast going over here what do you say partner (laughs) high five in the middle yeah, it was a little weird. They wanted to do some finger cuffs or something. Uh, again, uh, maybe an 80s thing because remember when Goose's wife showed up in Top Gun, I always got the impression that Meg Ryan was like overly comfortable with Mav as if there had been a few tag teams. Yeah. Members. Yeah. Def, that's that's what those uh that's what those Rios do. Um so <laughs> Eventually they're back there. Um, Dalton and Wade have the discussion about how he had to murder a guy back in Memphis and he needs to get over it. He didn't know, you know, he came at him with a gun and it was clearly a self-defense situation. But for whatever reason, Dalton, who almost gets killed every single night at his job, has a real issue (laughs) with the fact that he had to kill a guy in the in who was trying to murder him. The first Uh, throat extraction. But then, then, um, shit starts going nuts. The, uh, they blow up Brad Wesley's guy, blow up Red's auto parts store. And meanwhile, they're just drinking in the bar right after it happens. Like all the bad guys are just allowed to come and go as they please at this bar. You figure they would like have signs up or they'd be ready and they wouldn't let these guys in, but they're always there. Um, then a dude, a fight starts and the dude, from before, uh, I think his name's Jimmy or something. He Jimmy wears all denim. Is the best thing about yeah. this movie. He, he wears let's all give him his. Let's give him room. He wears all all denim. He doesn't like um, Denise. Does like some very sexual striptease for no reason. It's hard to understand. And and Dalton has to put a stop to it. And because he puts a stop to it, Jimmy attacks everybody in the bar with a bow staff. With well, it's a it's a cue stick. It's a cue stick that he's that he uses as a bow staff. He's obviously had some training. He's been overseas. It was a weird thing, but again, major bar brawl where Dalton is about to get the shit kicked out of him and is only rescued by uh by what's his name? Brad Wesley shooting a gun in the middle of the bar. Very right. weird sequence, right? It was absolutely. The guy who never loses a fight was losing that fight. Yeah. Um, but you can tell like the boss battle is building. Like yeah. Jimmy's going to be a problem. He's yeah. got that maniacal <laughs> laughter. I mean, it's just it, everything about Jimmy. 
Like the, the two things about this movie, you needed Wade Garrett earlier for the hero's journey, like the old Big man time. that dies, and you yeah. needed Jimmy earlier. Like they buried the fucking lead. Like these yeah, two where guys, is Jimmy? you need Jimmy a lot earlier. He's he's only in three scenes, and they're basically the three best scenes in the entire movie. Yeah, um, yeah. So then there. Uh, after Red's place burns down, um, Brad Wesley has his henchman monster truck, the car dealership, which is pretty sweet. He, <laughs> he, he has Bigfoot drive up to the car dealership and then actually drive through the building and monster truck all the, all the vehicles in the showroom and just destroy the whole dealership. He's really fucking up his revenue stream because I imagine the 10% he's getting from the car dealership is a pretty good chunk of change, and now that's gone. Um, <clears throat> what else? So uh, Dalton starts training, like after the fight with the Bow Staff guy. He starts the Karate Kid 3 method of training where he's like punching um, pieces of wood that are like fashioned to look like dudes. And he's all he's all greased up. He's all ready to go. And Kelly Lynch kind of um, comes to him and makes the point where she's like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, why? <laughs> like, what's... <laughs> Like, you're just a bouncer. Like, who cares? Just, like, leave this place. What, what's the big deal? It's, like, no big deal. Um, but You can walk. Like, this yeah. is the walk. But that doesn't happen because the guy, so Dalton lives at a farm, and the farm house, not the house he lives in, but the actual house on the farm explodes in the middle of the night while Kelly Lynch is there. He runs over to the house, and he rescues Emmett, the farmer who's in his long johns, and shockingly the um the guy that exploded the farmhouse he tries to escape on a uh on a um okay. kx250 dirt bike <laughs> and but weirdly he's right next to the house where it ex- when it explodes like he yeah. comes out of the flames you figure if you're gonna do the bombing you would know to have some distance but he's none the worse for wear he tries to escape down the river and dalton leaps run chases him on foot yeah, runs he, takes, down the he takes an he takes an angle. He takes the yeah, angle, a, like, yeah, a, yeah, angle. like a good. Yeah. He goes full Ronnie yes. Lot and chases yes. this motherfucker down. Yes, he leaps, takes him down, and then they have the fight to end all fight. They're both clearly martial arts trained. There's kicks, there's punches. Jimmy the Bow Staff guy is kind of fucking up Dalton. And he, at one point, he grabs him, and this—that's where things get aw- mm. awkward because he grabs him, and as Mark alluded to earlier, he says, "I used to fuck guys like you in prison." Oh yeah, and just that line—that <laughs> line just really had no place in this movie. And it also uh, didn't get cut. Yes, like you're all Jimmy. There's so much behind that line. I mean, if you if you take a minute to analyze that line. I mean, he is yeah. he saying that I'm going to fuck you? Is yeah. he? Yes. He's bragging this is something I used to do. Yeah, uh, he's bragging that he fucks dudes. Um, yeah. I, I, I'm not uh, sure. Like, what was he looking to? Yeah, was that an insult? They yeah, have a term was, for that today. It's like weird flex, but okay. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Exactly. But but eventually, that's all the motivation that Dalton needs because he like gets. <laughs> He get he's like oh I'm not getting prison fucked by this guy. <laughs> he gets Jimmy's leg like between two um two trunks of a tree and he like doesn't break his leg but he kind of like he kind of like disables him a little bit and Jimmy goes to the ground and then out of nowhere 
Dalton like looks like he throws a punch, but actually he basically reaches into his neck and rips out his throat. Jimmy pulls a gun from his boot. Oh, that's right. Fuck this. Let me end this fight now. And Dalton's like, oh, if I see gun, I remove throat. Just like he, Memphis. He, yeah, he he rips out his throat and then he's like standing there shaking and he's all greased up. And Kelly Lynch comes running over and she checks the throat and she sees that Jimmy's entire voice box has been removed and that he's clearly dead. And then because she's a good physician, she pulls his eyelids open <laughs> to, to make sure he's completely dead. Yeah. yeah. Which he was. He was, in fact, dead. So uh, I saw this movie when I was tw- like 12, 13. Yeah. And at the end of this scene, the only like the, the idea of this, the lawlessness of this town as, as this movie wraps, Swayze just sends Jimmy back across the water. Like, Hey, Wesley, floats him, here's floats your him shit. right over there. Floats nope. him right across the river. No cops, yeah. no ambulance. Yep. So is Jimmy just still on the fucking lake? Like getting pecked to death? Like what happened to Jimmy's body? Why didn't he sink? Yeah. He just floated. He floated. Wasn't there a current? Wouldn't he go down the river somewhere? It was very weird. The only weird. thing I ever thought of when I saw the movie, I was like, is anybody going to come get this guy? Like he's yeah. fucking real dead. I, I was thinking that too. Uh, and then, so then Jimmy or uh, Dalton goes to the bar for some reason and he's the only one there and he answers the phone and it's Brad Wesley <laughs> and Brad Wesley's like, hey, I'm going to murder either Wade or uh, or Elizabeth. Elizabeth. And then he's like, flip a coin or something. I don't know. He gives him like a, a, an option, but he doesn't tell him which one he's going to murder. And then immediately after, Wade comes in and he's gotten, he's gotten his ass kicked by uh, uh, Brad Wesley's boys. And then this is a weird thing. Because Dalton's like, one of my friends is getting murdered. He's like, you... So people are trying to kill you. You just wait here by yourself. Yeah. I'm going to go to the hospital. He Where goes I to the hospital. you. Right. <laughs> right. Like, don't come with me. Yeah. I'm going to a hospital. So, so, so how about this? And, and any, any, any reasonable person's mind, my, my good friend walks in, who's, uh, <laughs> you know, who's a little older. He looks like shit on the outside. God only knows what's happened internally. <laughs> and, I'm already going to a hospital. Like I can kill two birds with one stone. And he says, lay on the bar and have a beer. And this is less than like six hours after he uh, performed a homicide. And and he knows knows people want to kill him. And then he goes to the hospital and Elizabeth's like, she's looking at bowel. Um, There's a lot of like clogged intestines that she's looking at on on the x-rays. And she's like, no, I'm not going anywhere. I'm fine. And Dalton's like, okay, I'll leave you alone too since there's someone's trying to murder you. And then he goes back to the bar where Wade, not shockingly, has been murdered. He's got a, he's got a knife through his heart. Uh, Dalton, bad friend. Extremely Horrible friend. bad friend. Horrible yes. friend. Uh, but that's, that's it. Then Dalton's had enough. The he most drives, amazing climax ever. Is he drives happen. the Benz to Brad Wesley's house, and all of a sudden, Brad Wesley's guys have guns. I don't; they haven't had guns this whole movie, and now all of a sudden, all of them have shotguns. Can yeah. we talk does, about? Can we talk about yeah. Swayze's choice of attire, though, for this entire thing? He has a uh, he has a a buttonless top 
tucked into his jeans. It's a, it's a karate. That, that is a it's karate a, top. Yeah. It's yeah, a karate. Was, I've never seen that. Like it's tucked into his jeans. So he's got it fully like under his belt, but it's a, it's a karate top. Um, and he's wearing, um, very tight jeans. So go ahead. Yeah, I'm glad you pointed that out because he wears that quite a bit throughout the movie, the karate top tucked into jeans, and he's wearing that. Uh, and then he goes through and he like systematically um, kills all of Brad Wesley's right. guys. Um, when this to, happens, they're all yeah. waiting for him outside, and they With see guns. the BMW yes. speeding the towards the house. The, yeah. Oh, yeah, I'm sorry, the Mercedes. Yeah. And the guy, maybe the the my favorite scene in this whole movie – John Doe from the band. X. He's Seminole shooting his X. shotgun while also aggressively gyrating his hips. It's the weirdest gunshot action. And maybe in movie history, when you release this, whenever this comes out, <laughs> I'm starting yeah. a GIF thread attached yeah, to get it. That. Yeah, get that. Get one that. of them is John Doe just like smile blasting a shotgun while pumping his dick real hard. And Dalton protects himself with the other henchman's body from the shotgun blast and then throws a fucking buck knife directly into John Doe's <laughs> sternum. And that ends him. Then the next guy he takes out by pushing over a taxidermied polar bear on top of him. Yeah, terrified which, of it. And Unloads gotta, a whole clip into it. You got to talk about this. Brad Wesley is a bad guy, but you go through his taxidermy, his his hunting room, his trophy room. He's got a fucking walrus in there. Who who hunts a walrus? It's crazy. <laughs> also, he's uh, Dalton's hiding, or uh, yeah, Dalton's hiding, and Brad Wesley's looking for him. He's coming through with a gun, and he looks behind the um, the buffalo. And he's like, oh, you're not back here? And then uh, Dalton comes out from the other side of the buffalo, but it's right where Brad Wesley has just walked by. Like, yeah. he wouldn't, he would have walked right past him. How did he not see him on the front side of the buffalo, much less the back side? Um, anyway, we just they, watched Swayze throw a knife through a man and systematically beat the piss out of like 18 henchmen, but somehow Brad Wesley with a stick gets yes. the better of Dalton and just starts beating him senseless and and meanwhile uh dalton is a bouncer at a bar he's not a navy seal he's not special <laughs> forces they didn't give him the background like it's not like um nicholas cage in uh con air where his his hands his training is considered a deadly weapon like he's just yeah. a guy uh but yeah Br um brad West dalton and cameron poe are related they might be Brad Wesley starts throwing spears at, <laughs> at Dalton and, and eventually gets the better of him by whacking him with a stick a couple of times. He's about to kill him. He's uh, he so, so the, th the third time in this movie that the guy who claims to never lose fights is about to die. <laughs> yes. Yes. Never lost a fight. Yep. About to about to lose one to a 60 year old guy with a, with a piece of bamboo. And. He he produces a gun and you think, oh my God, it's over for Dalton when all of a sudden he gets takes a blast to the shoulder and it's red from Red's auto parts. It's the townspeople, the bar owner, uh the Yeah, yeah the, murdered the murdered by 
murdered by the uh, business owners. What are, what are they? What do they call that collection of business owners that meets the uh, the the, uh, um, the Chamber of Commerce? Chamber, Chamber of, of Commerce. Commerce. Yes. yes. Yeah. <laughs> Why didn't they do this in the first place? This guy's been terrorizing yeah. the town for years, and now now Wade's dead. A whole bunch of people are maimed because of these guys, and they finally take him down and murder him. And then, uh, and then Dalton takes Kelly Lynch to do some nude. Um, hold some- on a second! No, no, hold on a second! <laughs> oh, back you're up! Sk- back you're up. skipping! You're skipping a, a couple of key parts. So, for the first time in the movie, for the first time in the movie, a cop shows up. All right, yes, and, <laughs> and you can yeah. you can hear sirens. And, and he's like, "Somebody better tell me what happened here," as he sees all these bodies around, and they each go around denying it. And in and, and an act of unity. And I guess we're supposed to believe that the cop is like, uh-oh, well, nobody saw it. I'm just yeah. going to walk off now. Um, and no investigation or nothing because the jump next scene is Swayze jumping in naked into the lake that he just killed somebody in. 100%. Yep. Yeah. There's Jimmy's body floating by. And yeah. if, you, if, if you slow it down, if you slow it down frame by frame and get really close to the television – you could see Swayze's penis, but you got to like, if, if you go back right now, I, I, no. I encourage you guys go, go back and just slow it down. You could see his penis. You know what? Shut I up. actually am glad you did the Lord's work for me on that one. Full, no, full that. frontal guys. No, full frontal. It. I'm going to do it. Yeah. I'm, gonna, I'm just, I'm just going to look it up on the internet. Uh, and that's okay. it. That's how, that's how it ends. Nobody really mourns old Wade Garrett <laughs> too bad. Like I feel yeah. like no. he was just, he was <laughs> there to help. And, and Kelly Lynch gets over him murdering someone pretty quick. I mean, I, I guess yeah. she, she held it against him for about 30 minutes. She's yeah, also she, accessory. Like, she's like, oh, got to go. Hippocratic oath doesn't apply here. Do no harm. I'm going to go look at some bowels at work. <laughs> yeah, she was, su- she was super pissed at him for ripping out Jimmy's throat. Jimmy was trying to actively trying to murder him. Like, he was, yeah. he was nearly dead, and then he rips out his throat, and she's like, oh, my God, I can't believe you did this, and she runs off and leaves. It's crazy. You know, the uh, tagline for this movie could be murderer on the verge of killing spree wipes out local gang boss and is like, Dalton's a serial killer. He murders yeah. Oh, yeah. a lot of people in cold blood in this movie. No, like, you could argue he... He was there to clean shit up, and he made it much, much worse for everybody, including getting his best friend and the best cooler in the business, Wade Garrett, murdered. Right. And the only building left standing is the double deuce. Every local business, the economy is demolished. Yep. And and, and I'm going to point it out again. There were, uh, by the end of this movie, 30 homicides (laughs) by, by 29 of them by one guy. And yes. we were supposed to give a shit about him almost murdering somebody in Memphis where it was 50-50 manslaughter or murder. That was a part of his past that he can't quite forget. Yes. And he, he, he murders 29 people. Yeah. But he's, Bloodlust. he's, he's yeah. easily capable of ripping out throats. And then remember, he almost rips out Brad Wesley's throat at the end. So it's like he didn't just <laughs> – he o- didn't just only yeah. learn that he had the ability to rip out throats. He was, it's obviously his go-to move. So he's definitely, he's keeping something from us. Like there are more bodies in the towns where he's been cooling over the years, right? Yeah. Uh, yes. okay. He's a serial killer. Um, some trivia from the IMDB page. 
Patrick Swayze, Swayze was approached to star in Predator 2, but was unable to because he was injured during the filming of this movie. Joel Silver was the producer of both movies. Patrick Swayze once commented that during production, he was not sure he would live through the making of this movie. Wow. Unbelievable. Hmm. Uh, yes. All of the actors, according to Sam Elliott, all of the actors did their own stunts. No shit. That's pretty Crazy. impressive. Yes. Yeah. Yes. They were going to remake Roadhouse with Ronda Rousey around the same time that That's everyone right. thought Ronda Rousey could beat up Floyd Mayweather. And yep. then she got beat up by three different girls in like three weeks. And they're like, yes. well, I think we're going to cancel the remake. Also, nowhere near the charisma of Patrick Swayze. Pa- morbid. Patrick Swayze and Ben Gazzara, who is Brad Wesley, both died of pancreatic cancer. Swayze in 2009, Gazzara in 2012. I didn't see Gazzara smoking six. Um, the exterior shots of the Double Deuce and Red's auto parts were facades that were built on site. The barn that Dalto- Dalton rented was also built just for the movie. Blah, blah, blah. Uh, the town in which the film is set is a fictional community outside Kansas City called Jasper. Um, there actually is a Jasper, Missouri, south of Kansas City, and it was has numerous rivers running through it. So they kind of made it, even though they shot it in L.A. Uh, OK, anything else? Anything you guys would like to add? I want to start over and do the whole movie again. It's it's an American classic. It's so I, I I liked this movie much more than I thought I would like for it for an 80s movie. It's great. It actually is. It, it, it has its moments and it's it actually looks good. And I don't know, it has a couple real funny lines, good stunts. Um, but yeah, as we pointed out, a severely flawed storyline. Here's, here's another trivia that you guys are going to like. The scene where the monster truck drives through the Ford dealership is Bigfoot 7. I knew driven it. By, driven by former driver and vice president of Big, Bigfoot 4x4, Jim Cramer. It cost $500,000 and was done in one take. Bigfoot had to be repainted after the scene and went on to crush cars throughout the country and world. That's a, that's something I never got with was monster Amazing. truck driving. I, ne- very big in the I never went, never had any interest, but, no. um, but yeah, that my, thing. I, I would, I would recommend if, so, if there are people out there that haven't seen this movie, you should watch it. It's actually not like one of those uh, 80s uh, train wreck movies. I actually liked it. It's great. No, yeah. it's very good. It's uh, it's amazing. It's Dalton's- the only movie where at the, the like the only material living witness gets off, like everyone gets away with it because Polar Bell fell on me. That's, That's right. Yeah. But yes. What would you see? Polar bear fell on me. And, oh well, no fucking murder happened here. Yeah, no, of course we not. got no witnesses. <laughs> awesome. Uh, all right, guys, I really appreciate it. This has been a long time coming. I know. I ho- I hope it lived up to the hype to all of our listeners. Feel free to weigh in. Mailbag at theballerlifestyle.com. Hit us up on Twitter. We love you guys. For Mark the Nomad, for Jason Stewart, I'm Brian Beckner. This has been episode 282 of the Baller Lifestyle Podcast, the Roadhouse Review. We will see you next week. CBLS, hell yes, the Lifestyle's Baller Podcast getting bigger and not smaller. Broadcasting weekly, that's what we do with Easy Ed Daily and the man Jay Stewart. 
Ron Beckner, quick to dissect the week in sports and culture and whatever. Plus, you know there's Kate with a C, but she's known as Fancy Pop to you and me. Talking loud, comers, conundrums, my brothers. Reviewing some movies and shows and others. Top podcast, man, no one is above us. Five star, even the haters will love us. And we're not trying to talk politics a lot. We'd much rather talk about dicks a lot. Shit's so hot, man, you know the shit's on top. Top podcast, man, it really hits the spot. Listen up, you play as a shot callers, TBLS, the lifestyle's baller. And you know the show is so flawless, TBLS, the lifestyle's baller. Listen up, you play as a shot callers, TBLS, the lifestyle's baller. And you know the show is for all us, TBLS, the lifestyle's baller. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today.